Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So let me get this straight. Blake Snell is 12 and 4. That's the second most wins in the American League. His ERA is the league best 2.09. You know what he's not? He's not an all-star. He's not even the first guy they picked to replace one of the all-star pitchers. Believe it or not, Snell was snubbed when Major League Baseball announced the All-Star teams Sunday night. The good news is Wilson Ramos is the AL starting catcher. We'll tell you how baseball got this wrong and what Snell, Ramos, and even Kevin Kiermeyer had to say about it. Also, has Jameis Winston's suspension cast a dark cloud over the Bucks' 2018 season already? Tom Jones thinks so. I'll give you my take and tell you why. And maybe the clouds could still break. Hey, and the last time we talked, TSN anchor Sean Simpson said the Lightning's trade for Ottawa's Eric Carlson was almost a done deal. Well, here we are, many days later, no deal so far. What happened? All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, i got to tell you about a special limited-time offer only for our listeners to this podcast from Continental Wholesale Diamonds, folks. Get ready for this. Make your anniversary engagement or any special occasion even more breathtaking. Here's how. Right now at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, with a minimum purchase of $2,000, you're going to also receive a five-day, four-night cruise for two to the Caribbean on us. That's right. Let me repeat that. You spend $2,000 in minimum purchase, you get a five-day, four-night cruise for two to the Caribbean on us. It also includes your choice of cruise line and destination to the Caribbean. You can enjoy Las Vegas entertainment and fine dining. Make sure that you let Andy know that you heard it from Rick and Steve on Sports Day Tampa Bay. So dazzle the one you love with diamonds, then enjoy an ocean adventure cruise on us. It's just one of our sunny getaways so all the details are now available from Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. And remember, don't waste your time in the shopping mall. That's where they got the huge overhead, which only means a higher price for you. Continental Wholesale Diamonds provides you with an exquisite jewelry selection, one-on-one customer service, always at wholesale prices. And they're easy on the pocketbook. And best of all, there's no pressure. So go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. He's going to pour you a nice scotch, going to help you find the perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds is where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So one of the best stories for the Rays and in baseball, of course, it seemed like a given that they were going to have two All-Stars. Wilson Ramos, their catcher, having a great year, was leading the fan voting uh, as the AL's catcher. And he did, in fact, make the All-Star team as their starting catcher. Only the, I guess, sixth time a position player from the Rays has been voted to start. Um, and, And so that's impressive enough. But the other no-brainer, Steve, seemed like Blake Snell. I mean, there is really not a, a much better pitcher in all of baseball, but in the American League, Snell, as I mentioned earlier, 12-4. and four, Okay, that's the second most wins in the American League. And his ERA is the best in the AL at 2.09. But somehow, when the All-Star game was announced on Sunday, 
Ramos made it, but Blake Snell did not. It's it's and there's a lot of reasons for it that we can get into, but just on its surface, this is one of the all-time snubs, isn't it? It has to be. I think I saw a tweet uh, that this is the first time that the pitcher leading the American League in ERA did not make the All-Star game in 17 years. Goodness gracious. Last time was Pedro Martinez. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a huge snub. I, look, they changed the system a few years ago. The players now vote for the pitchers. Right. The players aren't watching all these games. No. Much like the media doesn't either. And it's kind of the complaint with whether it's All-Star or Hall of Fame or anything else is that nobody's watching every game. They voted for the bigger name players. And the other part is, is, is for instance, Garrett Cole, who made it, who deserving of an All-Star nod, don't get me wrong. But he started the season really hot. It's cooled off a little bit. Blake has been hot of late, and that ERA is dropping fast. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a shutout on Saturday against the Mets uh, to, to lower his ERA to 2.09, the lowest in the American League. Well, how long ago did the players vote? And, and I believe I saw a tweet from Chris Archer saying at the time he had eight or nine. Three wins. weeks ago. Yeah, it was three weeks yeah. ago. Where Blake Snell he, for the last three weeks has been maybe the out. best starting pitcher in baseball, if not the, in the American League, probably for sure, if not baseball. That, yeah. you know, he's been – and he's punished for the, system, the other systems, and we'll get into this about every team's got to have a, a player and sure. set roster limits and everything else. That mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a huge snub. And just think about this. If Wilson Ramos is trading the next week, the Rays may have no All-Stars. <laughs> That's right. Well, Ramos might be playing for the, the host city, which is the Washington Nationals, uh, before they play the All-Star game. To your point, five starters were voted in by the players, okay? And they cast their ballots three weeks ago. And at that time, Snell, who had just lost to the Yankees, was 8-4 and four with a 2-5-8. And that's still really, really good and certainly All-Star worthy. Um, but, you know, you, uh, you know, you can't quibble with who's going, right? I mean, Justin Berlander was voted, Corey Kubler, uh, Kluber. Um, Chris Sale, uh, Garrett Cole, Luis, Luis Severino. Severino yep. Chris Sale. And, and since they voted, which was three weeks ago, uh, Snell has been lights out. He's 4-0 with a 0.63, barely giving up a run a game or not even a run a game. Um, which, you know, so, so the timing wasn't perfect, okay? So then Major League Baseball names two more starters um, from its, its five picks. And the other part of it, as you just mentioned, is that um, all of them have to come from teams that don't have all-star selections because they have this rule where every team has to be represented. So Jose Barrios, Barrios goes from the Twins, Jay Happ uh, of the Blue Jays. And so, you know, because those teams aren't playing that well, uh, you also have to account for, you know, teams like the Tigers, the A's, and the Rangers um, since they needed representatives as well. So that doesn't leave a lot. What's, what's bizarre somewhat is that there was still an opportunity, you know, for him to uh, to kind of be named as, as at least like one of the first replacements. But he wasn't even the first replacement because Berlander has made it known that he will not be available to pitch. Yeah, he's gonna he's scheduled to pitch Sunday before the All Star game, and if you pitch Sunday, you're not allowed to pitch in the All Star game, or you have to have right. your team's permission in that. So he's already opted out, saying I'm scheduled to pitch Sunday. I can't. I'm not available. So you would think, okay, well then obviously they're going to put Snell in there. Not so fast. It's Cleveland's Trevor Bauer, who was eight and six with a two four five, was named to replace him because he was next in line on the player ballot. So the process is flawed. The players don't pay attention. Um, and I think that, you know, Chris Archer made mention of this in a, in a, in a tweet, um, you know, this evening about how he put it on the players' laps. He says, you know, we really, we really aren't that focused when we vote. You know, we don't really pay enough attention to what other guys are doing. 
I also think, Steve, that there is a bit of – I mean, look, they you know they took a guy from Cleveland, but the Indians have been in, in the mix you know for the last few postseasons. I think the Tampa Bay thing is real. I think the fact that he plays here, not many people – it's not a big market. Their games aren't on national TV. Like you said, like fans, players, if they watch games at all, it's it's probably national games. Baseball is largely regional. But if you don't play for the Yankees, the Red Sox, or Houston, or one of the teams that's been – you know, uh, World Series champions are in the playoffs, you're probably not thinking about Blake Snow. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, for instance, you know, and, and Trevor Bauer gets selected over Archer as the replacement. He's 8-6 and six with a 2-4-5 ERA. That's good for All-Star game, you know, consideration. But, you know, Cleveland three, four weeks ago was, was in a similar position as the Rays. They weren't – and right now they're 10 games above 500, but they weren't back then. You know, and a lot of times, a lot of times some of those are based on your team too, that – you know, the better your team is, the more all-stars you generally get. What's really right. weird this year is a lot of times these, especially when these obvious snubs like Blake Snell is, a lot of times this happens because the Kansas City Royals, who are 40 games below 500, got three starters voted in and uh-huh. took up three roster spots. And now all of a sudden you're trying to figure out, you know, you're trying to get everybody represented in that. This year in the American League, the nine starters, including the DH, there was eight different teams. You didn't have that logjam of four starters got voted in, two of whom don't deserve to be in the All-Star game. So now you're, you've lost two roster spots trying to fill. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen this year in the American League. So it makes it even a bigger snub. Now, granted, I, I realize the starting, you know, the position players are voted on by fans. The pitchers are voted on by the pitchers. But, you know, if all of a sudden you had four Orioles in the starting lineup, that really causes that log jam of okay, I got to get a twin, I got to get a yeah, you know, a, a Mariner and this, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen this year, and yet Blake Snell, who's leading the American League in the ERA, still does. Now he's probably going to get in based on a replacement, but yeah, you man, you want to be selected when you're this good for the first half of the season. It's an embarrassment he's not in. It is embarrassing, and, and it, so it says the process is wrong, is bad is flawed in a lot of all-star games, Pro Bowls, all those things. Well, here's, sort of here's the bigger a, a question. Flaw to it. Why do we have an all-star game anymore? It's not deciding the World Series outcome, which, thank goodness, I thought that was stupid. But with interleague, these guys are playing each other every day. 30 years ago, it was great to see the American League and National League because they never played except for the World Series, the two teams that went to the World Series. Why is there an right. all-star game besides money? Well, that's a big reason, and right now that is the reason. It's now a three-day or two- or three-day event, and, you know, it's during the break when there isn't much, you know, going on. I mean, they don't want to completely go off the grid, you know, during the All-Star break, so they have this, mid, you know, mid-summer why, why classic have a break? or whatever they call it. Why do you need a break? Well, you don't, you don't, except for this extravaganza called the All-Star game. Uh, again, baseball is steeped in tradition, and I will say that of all the All-Star games for all the leagues, this one is probably the best because it actually resembles the sport they play. It's the most um, watchable, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's... The and, Pro Bowl is unwatchable. And, and I think the NBA All-Star game is, is a freak show, and I think that, um, you know, it's just a dunk-a-thon, and then, you know... The I NHL mean, is a three-on-three skills contest. Yeah, I mean, that's exciting, but it's not... The, it doesn't resemble the game. Mm-hmm. resembles overtime, but it doesn't resemble the actual game. But I do think people get off on, you know, the home run derby. I think they... Um, you know, they, they like some of this stuff. Um, there's a futures game, which I don't know if that's really a big deal, but, um, but it, it, it's a big weekend. It's a celebration of the sport. Um, you know, it's, a, it, and it's really, it's money driven. It's television driven. Now, you know, Bud Selig, 
uh, after they had the one all-star game that ended in a tie, then attached the home field advantage. Now that's removed. So there really isn't a, you know, a singular reason. And you're right. Interleague play has taken away the mystique of seeing, you know, some ace, you know, Nolan Ryan or something faces a guy. From you already the see Chris league. Sale go against Bryce Harper. You see that. That's right. At least every three years based on, you know, divisional mm-hmm. matchups. Interleague play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's not as it's not as exciting from that standpoint. I enjoy the All Star Game. I still I watch it. I just I'm a baseball fan, so I don't mind seeing you know the matchups, Mike Trout against you know whomever. Um, but you know it's you're right. It doesn't have there's not not as much impact to it as there used to be. Um, but again, it's more of the more watchable. I like the fact that it's in the middle of the season, not the end when when no one cares and. Um, you know, the, the risk of injury is, is probably minimal. You probably screw yourself up more with Herman Derby than you do playing in the damn all-star game. Um, but you know, it, it, if you're going to have a system where a guy has a 12 and four record, the second most wins in the AL and the lowest DRA and can't make the team, then you got to have to look at your system because that's a bad system. Like that should never happen. And I think the thing you mentioned earlier when we talked about this process is, it's time for them to not require a all-star for every team. Absolutely. That's the one they can change right now. The Baltimore Orioles would, are 41 games below 500. They're wretched. Now, my, Manny Machado, I mean, he, if he deserves to go, fine. Sure. Oh, yeah, if a player, I mean, Kansas City, 41 games below 500. Right. I can't name an all-star in Kansas City's team. I'm sorry. There may be one. Yeah, I mean, those are by far the two worst teams in base. Those are the only two teams below a 400 winning percentage, and they're below 300. And even the Rays, many times. Look, the Rays have have benefited. I mean, Chris Archer, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know if he was their only All Star, but I'm I'm sure there's been many years where the Rays had one that probably didn't deserve it. I mean, Corey Dickerson was one of the few position players they've had um, that had a great first Mm -hmm. half, you know, and, and probably did deserve it based on his numbers. But in general, like I could see where a lot of years Tampa Bay had no reason having an all-star. But they don't want to – you know you know why they do it. Again, it's television. They're trying to capture mm-hmm. the entire audience, all the markets, be inclusive, all that stuff. But who's waiting up to see the potential of, you know, the, you know, eighth reliever come in and pitch one batter in the eighth inning? I mean, is that really captivating the Minnesota market? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I want to see my guy – tip his cap during the introductions. I mean, it's stupid. At this point, I don't want, you know, I don't want the Yankees and the Red Sox to have the entire all-star team. Um, maybe they maybe they worry about that, you know, but maybe it's a way to prevent, you know, one or two teams from dominating the entire lineup. The, the, other, the that, other part about Blake Snell, too, is he's 12-4. and four. So the Rays are one game above 500. Mm-hmm. He's 12-4, and four, which means – they would be seven games below 500 without those 16 starts where he factored in the decision. I don't know the mm-hmm. record. The, the, I don't know what it is no when he got a no decision. Yeah. yeah. But Bauer is two games above 500 while his team's 10 games above 500. Mm-hmm. Who's, been, who's been more of an all-star type pitcher? No question. I mean, the, the Rays without, without Blake Snell, who knows how? I mean, you know, those wins alone, they're seven games below 500. Well, well they only got two starters. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rest of, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's like he's the one guy who's actually taken the ball since the opening day every five days. He's the only one, and yes. He's, he's it. I mean, so, and let's be honest, um, not a, I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm guessing he hasn't gotten a ton of run support. 
You know what I mean? Uh, he's won a lot of games that he shut teams out or mm-hmm. gave up one run. Or, or as we said, over the last month, he's 4-0 with an 0-6-something ERA. So it's not like he's required a lot of runs. But and he has, he's, he and has, he's gone – I think he's played – I think I saw – and I could be wrong on this, but it's close. The Astros, Yankees, and Red Sox. I think seven mm-hmm. times the best yeah. three lineups in baseball. And he's yeah. got a 12-4 and four record overall. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's – and, and the other thing that's sad about this, and I'm assuming he'll make the game somehow, but the other thing that would be, would be tragic about this is he's a young left-hander that a lot of the nation probably doesn't get to see. Well, and that's why and he didn't get the votes. And he, but he's, I know, but that's why like you have the Mid-Summer Classic so that people you know, who aren't in the AL East, um, maybe you're in the AL West or the NL West, you get to see one of the premier left-handers in the game at least pitch an inning um, you know, that you might not otherwise get to see and, and see what talent he has. I mean, this guy has is just been phenomenal. He could win the Cy Young. Would it, wouldn't it be interesting if he went on and his record in his ERA was so great that even with the Rays, you know, it happened with a bad record with uh, King Felix one year in Seattle. I think he was 13 and 12. Nolan but Ryan this, was 8 and 16 one year with a 2-2-1 two, two, ERA and won the yeah, Cy Young. Yeah, but I mean, this guy, this guy's got 12 wins now. Yeah. I mean, he could win 20. And and have an ERA, you know, around two or below even, and you're going to tell me he's not going to win the Cy Young even if the race finished a couple games over 500? Sure he will. It's possible. He's, he's, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's he's his stuff right now is that good. It's electric. Yeah. It absolutely it's, is. I mean, and you know, the biggest thing is, you know, the record compared to his team, the ERA. And like I said, he's faced the, the best three lineups in baseball seven times. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have seven losses. He's beaten those teams, beaten a lot of them. Yeah. Mark Tompkin talked to uh, Wilson Ramos, who said, uh, I'm not happy for that, meaning Snell not making the All-Star team because he deserves to be in the All-Star game. He has good numbers. Um, he's been really good all season. To me, he's one of the guys that deserves to be there. You know, Snell obviously was disappointed. Um, you know, he talked about, you know, after the win on Saturday that he admitted how much it would mean to him. He said he'd be pumped and, you know, he'd be stoked, obviously. Um, but, you know, it, it, it just it didn't happen. And I think it will. I'm with you. I think there'll probably be another. Because if you start on any Sunday, um, you know, you're not supposed to uh, or you generally don't pitch in the All-Star game. It's amazing so in some of these veterans all of a sudden how injuries will come up this week. Yeah, sure. Oh, my, my hamstring's a little sore. I need to sit out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Verlander's always like, I'm pitching Sunday. Sorry, yeah. I can't make yeah. it. I think um, he plants, plots it out from the beginning of the year. Let's see. Uh, yeah. That's right. That would not surprise me. Hey, I want to start that Sunday before the All-Star yeah, game. Well, I'm, as you get later heading, in the season, yeah, as you get to some off days and, you know, hey, we're going to go, we're going to skip a pitcher so that you can pitch on regular rest or give you an extra day. Yeah, I'm sure there's players that do that. Yeah, especially if you got Kate Upton and other people, you know, that may want to go on vacation or something yeah. like that. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Um, oh, well, one other All Star for the Rays we failed to mention: Kevin Cash has been added to the managerial that's right. staff. AJ Hinch, and, and I'll paraphrase the the quote, but basically said, <laughs> "I need uh, help, uh, experience with handling nine pitchers in a de- in a, a game situation. There's none better than Kevin Cash." So. <laughs> Which is interesting because Cash will tell you he's not the guy handling the pitchers. <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, but that is true. Look, I, 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 the Rays won again. Of course, they uh, they blasted the New York Mets uh, nine to nothing. Nathan Avaldi, um, by the way, when he's oh, on, so perfect, he's on. 
Man, 18 straight batters to start. How many times has he done that? Like, he's flirted well, with his, these no-hitters. His first game of the season, he had six no-hit innings in Oakland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so he's, when, done when he's on, he's on. And Mark Topkin wrote about in the Times on Sunday that, you know, he might be one that he's got a lot of scouts interested in him right now because he's cheap. He's a rental, too, but he, he's very mm-hmm. cheap at this point, and he's dealing, and he's got experience, too. I mean, you know, he played for the Yankees for years. And the Yankees are one of those teams that sent scouts to this game in New York, obviously, not a long drive for them. But, yeah, a bunch of teams looking at them. This is the frustrating thing for a Rays fan, though. And, and I know, you know, it, it, it's where they're at in their development. They're, they're, not, you know, they're 15 games out of first place. They're 12 games out of the, the second wild card at this point. Almost unlikely or impossible they're going to make the, the, um, the postseason this year. So they are building for something. But, you know, the Rays have become, I mean, in so many ways, a farm system. Of, you know, give me your tired, your poor, your Tommy Johns. Uh, and we'll rehab these guys, you know, get them ready, put them in when they're ready, pit, you know, keep, put them on a pitch count, not overwork them. And then, you know what, when they're really good again, We'll sell them off for a prospect or two. I mean, it's got to be, as a Rays fan, yeah, they're only a game, what are they, a game over 500 as we speak tonight? Correct. Um, but even having said that, like, you enjoy watching Nathan Ivaldi go out there and throw, you know, six perfect innings every time out uh, or every other time out. You enjoy seeing Wilson Ramos, who, again, you know, probably would have made a ton of money in free agency, uh, but for a, a severe knee injury, knee injury, they take him. They let him scuffle around his first year. He's not very good. He's worse than not very good. Comes back this year. He's a starting catcher in Yale. And there's $5 million left on his contract. And because you have no chance of signing this guy again, they're going to dump the $5 million and try to get prospects back for him. And then there goes your all-star catcher. As a Rays fan, man, that's really hard to deal with, you know? And that's why it brings us to the announcement about the Ybor City uh, Stadium, your big reveal this week, I think on Tuesday. Um, when and, and all they're revealing is the plans for the stadium. Maybe they'll also tell us what it's going to cost because that's going to be the hard part, trying to come up with the six or $700 million it'll probably require to build the damn thing. Well, I would assume once you start seeing some of the design ideas in that, you're going to have at least an idea of the cost. Have to, I mean, right? you know, you'll know if, it, you know, you'll know if they're thinking retractable, retractable roof, roof or, or no not, which I'm guessing yeah. no. I'm thinking no. Uh, you know, Miami opens it for, you know, what, six, eight games a year. Yeah, it's not um, worth it. It doesn't. It's not it, cost it, yeah, the cost the cost investment to a retractable roof here doesn't make sense. It's going to. My guess is more like U.S. Bank Stadium, in, yes. in Minnesota, where it feels like you're outside because there's so much glass and open openness that way, but not. That's right. You know, I'm guessing it's going to be a bigger field and outfield. You're not going to have short porches like Yankee Stadium. As you know, the, well, Ra- the Rays are always built on pitching and defense. They're or, built on know, pitching and defense. Yeah. I mean that's kind yeah, of been, you don't want, that's kind of been what they do. So you're not going to build a bandbox. I would agree. Although I would think the seating capacity be much less than what the trop is right now. Yeah, I think you're looking at you know between thirty and thirty five max. Which the trop, right. if they take the tarps and everything off, I think they get forty two. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not going to be that big. Absolutely not. No. So I mean, look, I'm excited about finding out what they what they plan on building. But then, of course. You know, I've had plans for a really big house that I can't afford for years now. <laughs> so if you're welcome, you're welcome to see those as well. well I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean I'm going to build it. And this opens up the whole discussion. We don't have to get into tonight, but baseball is finances where, you know, the revenues keep going up, but it's not, it's not shared. There's not shared revenue. There's a little bit, but it's not. 
not like the other sports well, if you who go basically over the taxes, put the money in together and divvy it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the players have you know collectively bargained for a salary cap and a salary floor. There's none of that in baseball because they're not sharing yeah. the revenues. And 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 I, I I can't remember exactly where I saw this stat, so I'm gonna say it's. You know, I'm assuming it's it was pretty close to accurate. But the the sports like hockey, football, basketball, the players take 52, 54, 56 percent of the revenue. It's all collectively mm-hmm. bargained mm-hmm. when you pull together. Baseball players are getting 38 percent of the revenue. Right. Because they protect a couple three hundred million dollar men instead of saying, hey, how do we get more money for all the players? Right. And quite frankly, it's going to be a salary cap and a salary floor, and there's going to have to be more rev sharing. But the players have never been willing to negotiate that because they protect a few $300 million men. And what the what baseball has that, that uh, at least football doesn't have, and it's going to be interesting in the next CBA for the NFL, is the guaranteed contract. Well, all the sports do except football. Except football. And I think if the NFL players want to go that way, um, they're probably going to get a lot less of that total revenue. And – that's going to be problematic, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's that's another show for another day. But, um, yeah, I mean, baseball – I mean, I think baseball's had a really strong players' union overall because of the guaranteed money and, and the, the free agency, which has been available for so many years. They did. Um, pr- prior to the – but now, now when you compare it to, you know, the, like you said, the designated gross revenues, the percentage of that – it's the lowest. How Tony and Clark still has a job as the head of the MLBPA is beyond me. <laughs> beyond me. You're going after Tony Clark, are I, you? <laughs> I, just, I think he's done an awful job in collective bargaining with baseball. The players, yeah. the players are worried about, like I said, protecting $300 million men. They're worried about you know, having chefs in the clubhouse instead of taking more money from the owners. Yeah, I, is I, meal, know, mo- is, meal is, money's one hundred and fifty dollars a day now. What is, I, I've what never, is no, they're, they're they're actually their per diems are a lot less than it ever used to be because now they have more amenities in the clubhouse and things like that. Oh, I see. Which okay. is what they wanted instead of saying, "Hey, why don't we take fifteen percent more of the revenue of baseball?" Right. You know, that's what I'd rather do as an organization. I, you know, during this when Steven Stamkos was, you know, going to be a unrestricted free agent, and everyone sitting there saying, "Well, the players' union wants him to sign a twelve million dollar contract." And I always sat there going, why would the players' union care in a sport where there's a salary cap and a salary floor? If As long as the team you're signing with is spending to the cap, what, is the, what does the union care if you get $12 million or $2 million, if you're happy? As long as the owners are spending up to the cap on that team. Right, because, right. But because it, the union's job is to, is to benefit everybody, not this individual player. And, well, and you know, well, as, long as, you, as, long, you, you know, as long as Tam Chris is you happy. Say, when you say union, I hear agents. Well, right. and... and Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That's that's always reported, and you don't know if the union really cares about that. It probably is more agents. You're probably right. Because the agents are the ones that have to be licensed by the union, and they're Mm -hmm. the ones that are telling the union this is a bad thing because my guy— um, you know, who has Stamkos like numbers now is going to be devalued because he took a hometown deal. Sure. Um, you know, so it's really, you know, and that goes, you know, talking about baseball, 
you know, at the top of the food chain when you have certain agents that we all know um, that require some of this Scott money. Scott Boris, who I wants mean, to get rid of the shift. Right. And, and look, yeah, exactly. And look what, I mean, look, I mean, what were there, 100 free agents in Bradenton and IMG this year? Guys mm-hmm. like Alex Cobb and others that could not find a job. Well, and it was all because of the luxury tax thing they negotiated three years ago. Right. That they, they, they said, well, the luxury tax is 20% above this much money you spend. But if you, if you go over it three years in a row, it's now 50%. Well, did they not think the owners would all dive under it for the third year? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they negotiated that like it's, you know, yeah. okay. Big secret. You, yeah. you don't think the owners aren't going, thank you. Now you force us to dive under it. And we'll spend less. Well, it's kind of like the NFL um, when they had this thing, uh, when, they rene- when they renegotiated the CBA, and there was this period where they didn't have to spend for three years. They, there was no floor. Okay. I think I'm right about this. And they, but they had to spend 85% of the cap, but it was cumulative. Wasn't right? that the was three like, years Raheem Morris was the coach? Yes. And did you – I mean, but, you know, some teams did spend it, but then there were many, many others that said, you know what, I got three years to get to 85% or whatever it was. Guess what? Years one and two, they weren't even close. No. You know what I mean? But the cumulative got them to 85 So, you know, I mean, in, the, in a, low, a small market team like the Bucks, when I say small market, but, I mean, you know, the NFL's revenue sharing, right? So what are we talking about? It's um, the local radio rights. It's the local yeah, it's seat, sort of you know, seat licenses and, and tickets yeah. and, you know, tickets, any sponsorship you sell prices and sponsorships. Most but, of the money's coming nationally through the television deal, but there is exactly. local money. But still, there's some local money, and they and the Bucks predictably, um, Glazers had big debt on Manchester United and other things. They predictably spent zero money at all, and they, they were, were still below. Paying they're they were paying John, and they spent millions and millions below the floor because there was no floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the floor would have been, let's say, um, you know, and of course. You know, this is this is how we manipulate things. But anyway, we'll see this week if uh, if Blake Snell is added to it. He certainly deserves it. And look, he's I I have I was not that impressed with him last year, and rightfully so. He he was a head case, admittedly so. Had I guess you know a, a romantic uh, uh, issue and and things that distracted him. But I have to give him credit, man. This guy has completely been dominant. He's got four wipeout pitches. He's got command of his fastball. Um, and he, he, he turned it around late last season. Type, yeah, he did. He ended the, ended the season pitching really well and, and took it to another level this year. He really did. And he's, I'm telling you, he's as good or better than David Price was. Um, but probably the best pitcher they've had since David Price for sure. Yes. Uh, I know Archer won 18 one year, but this is a more dominant uh, 12 and 4 than I've seen with a 2.09 ERA. So we'll see what happens to Blake. Okay. Uh, also uh, going on that caught my eye, Tom Jones wrote a column the other day about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, what would a podcast be without talking about Jameis Winston just a little bit? Um, but, you know, th- and Tom has called, look, Tom has called, and admittedly so in his, uh, in his column, you know, said that, look, I've, I've, I've said that the Bucs should cut Winston, release him, trade him, whatever, get him out of here. Uh, and he hasn't changed his opinion about that. And that's his opinion. A lot of people disagree with it, but a lot of people agree with him, too, if you, if you had – uh, access to his email, you would be maybe surprised by that. Um, but that's the reality. So he mentions that right off the top. Um, but he's also the guy that had written a column earlier that said before the suspension that, you know what, he thought he thought the Bucks were being undersold a little bit, that they were a lot better than what people maybe were giving him credit for. Last year uh, in 2017, going into that season with hard knocks, everybody gave them a little too much credit. Tom didn't think they were going to be that good. They won five games. We know what happened with the injuries. 
Um, and then this year, <clears throat> he felt that, you know what, they've really done a lot to improve their football team, and I don't think anyone's really paying attention to it. Well, now he says um, in his column, and I'm going to paraphrase, you can go and read it on TampaBay.com, that, you know what, they're just now there seems to be, before they even start training camp, this dark cloud sort of forming over one buck place, and it's the suspension of Jameis Winston. And it is real, and it is not going away, and it will be the story of the year, and it's going to follow them into training camp in a few weeks. Um, and and I think a lot of that is true. I, I don't, I do not discount that this will be a distraction to many. Uh, we're going to ask players about it. Jamie still has to address it at some level. Now he might just refer to his statement, but um, the Bucks are going to have to address it in how they prepare their quarterbacks. And, and who they get ready for the preseason, who plays how much, what reps does Ryan Fitzpatrick get with the first team and all of that. Uh, and then Jameis is going to go away for a month. And we've talked about the first three games uh, being very daunting at New Orleans, home against the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, Monday night game against Pittsburgh Steelers, three division champions right off the bat. And if you start 0-3 with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your backup quarterback, you, your season is probably going to go into the dump, dumpster. Um, and all of that remains true. However, however, Tom Jones, I digress. Let me say this. I don't know that it's as dire. I mean, look, quarterback is everything in this league. And when you're missing your starting quarterback, especially to start the season and the psychological part of that, um, being that, that this is a unforced error. This is not an injury. He did this to himself and to his football team and to his coach and his GM. I don't know if it's, it's as bleak as, as all that. And we'll, and, and we'll have to see. that We don't have any way of proving this one way or the other. But I think this is a – I think a couple of things. One, it's very hard to look at last year's success of last year's teams, even Super Bowl teams with the Philadelphia Eagles, who should be very, very good again. Um, you know, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are division champs. Or the New Orleans Saints, who won the division as well and, and were a Hail Mary for maybe playing in the championship game. Um, but I, I also know that, for instance, New Orleans started 0-2 last year, okay? Now, they got better as the year went on, and I know Alvin Kamara was, is not going to be a rookie, and he's a more known quantity, and maybe they got a better field between him and Mark Ingram, whatever. But that's not a guarantee that New Orleans is going to start the season like a house of fire, because over the last few years, they've actually started very poorly at home. Um, you know, I can remember – a year that the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, were, you know, beating almost everybody up at home, and Mike Glennon went in uh, and played a game in Pittsburgh that nobody thought they had a chance to win under Greg Schiano, I believe it was, and uh, or Lovey Smith. I think it might have been Lovey Smith actually. In in uh, yeah, it was under Lovey Smith in, in uh, relief of Josh McCown, and ended up beating the Steelers, you know, at Heinz Field. Who saw that coming, right? So a Monday night game at home. Who knows? Now, you know. Initially, I mean, going in, you know, the, the Eagles are very, very good. Uh, we don't know what the quarterback situation is, but the Bucks also took, you know, Bo Allen from them and Benny Curry from them. And you have Jason Pierre-Paul, who's no stranger to playing the Eagles, and a better defensive line. You also have the running back, Ronald Jones. I mean, I've seen running backs come into this league and carry teams, especially young running backs, for the first month, month and a half of the season. Guys like even Cadillac Williams did that with Brian Greasy as the quarterback. Brian Greasy wasn't never a great NFL quarterback, but they started 4-1 and one that year. Um, so 
I guess we have to see how it plays out. I think it, you said the biggest thing to me is their defense should be much improved. Yes. Particularly yes. the defensive line, but even they drafted some more cornerbacks too to help. But if you have a pass yes. rush, right. if, if, you're, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming in and he's not expected to win the games, if, he, if, he's, Correct. if he's asked to manage the games because your mm-hmm. defense is keeping you in the game, mm-hmm. then you've, you've got a shot. And last year's team, you never felt with the defense like you could – you could win a situation like that. Couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. Even if you scored late, you, 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 didn't get, you didn't get the stop in the fourth quarter that you needed to win the game. And, and everything was on the quarterback. I don't think everything is on the quarterback, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston. And I think the offensive the, line is going to be better, too. With Ryan Jensen and, and Ali mm-hmm. Marpet now at left guard, um, Caleb Beninok at right guard, uh, you know, assuming Dotson comes back, you know, they're very happy um, you know, at the left tackle spot. So... I, you got you got the two tight ends. You still have, uh, you know, I mean, you still have Deshaun Jackson. You still have Mike Evans. You know, Chris Godwin really came on. There's tons of weapons with Adams Humphreys. So you know, look, Fitzpatrick's 35, and he and he's going to play like a 35 year old quarterback. He's not going to, you know, there's a reason he's a backup. And your backups can make great plays sometimes, but they're not as consistent. They can't do it every week, or they'd be starters, right? They have some good days and have some bad days. You have some good throws and some really bad throws. It's whether or not you can manage the game around that quarterback to where he isn't the you know the reason you win or lose, but just a part of the of the process. And I think the fact that the team knows this look this is our reality. We do not have our starting quarterback. We have to win games a different way. We're we're not going to have a guy that can sit back there and bail us out. Um, so everybody knows it going in. Yeah, it's a bummer. It sucks. I'll have to get over the shock of all that. But I think they've been kind of prepared for it. You know, it's not like, I mean, was everybody just floored by the fact that he was suspended? I don't think so. So, you know, Tom could be right. We, we could look at this after three weeks and say, God, what were they thinking about Ryan Fitzpatrick trying to play these teams? There was no way in hell he was going to be the guy. And they should have gone and made a trade for Teddy Bridgewater or whatever. We may be saying that. And maybe they will sign another veteran quarterback, depending on what happens in preseason. But I don't, I don't sense with guys like Levante David and Quan Alexander, I still think they're vulnerable at cornerback. You know, I want to see what some of these new kids can do. I still think you can attack them on the perimeter. I don't know what Hargraves is ultimately going to be about. I like Carlton Davis as a rookie, but he is still a rookie. Brent Grimes seems like he can play, but for how long at that level? Um, so I still think, you know, there are issues in the secondary. But to your point, better defensive line. I just don't think if you're a Bucks fan that you should be completely resigned to 0-3. Look, Jameis could have started those games and they could have gone 1-2. Or, hell, they could, could have lost them 0-3. all anyway. Yeah, they could, they could have lost 3. them anyway. Um, but that's why you play the games. So let's let, let's let them play. And, you know, tr- training camp takes on a you know, kind of a, a thing of their own. I think that's what's going to be interesting is how they divvy up the snaps in the in training camp in the preseason. It's going to be hard because it's, you know, this that's a factor. It really is a factor because on the one hand, you know, you have a quarterback who's going to be inactive essentially for a month because he's not going to practice the week leading into the first game. Uh, and then he's not back until they play the third game, the Monday night game. He's back and he has a short week before they go to Chicago. So, you know, as much as you prepare him, and and look, he's been there, you know, he's been there already for a number of years. So it's not no, like he's but he's still he's up. still a young he's still a young quarterback who still needs he still reps. needs reps. Yeah, he, he this still isn't needs Tom reps. Brady who, 
you know, was in his 16th, 17th year yeah. when he missed no, you're four right. games. You're right. You know, this is still a younger quarterback that still needs the reps. But he's still going away for a month, exactly. no matter how many reps you give mm-hmm. him. And, so, and the other thing is that maybe Fitzpatrick doesn't need as many because of where he's at, you know, and the fact that he was in this offense a year ago. In training camp a year ago when they started training camp, I'm here to tell you, he wasn't good at all. And I really think Ryan Griffin had a chance to take the number two job. Um, but Ryan Griffin's never taken a snap in the regular season. So there's really, to me, I don't think he has a chance to unseat him in the preseason. I don't think you're going to start the year with Ryan Griffin and Fitzpatrick on the bench. But, you know, Fitzpatrick has been around. Maybe they doesn't require as many reps. But you will have to think about the third preseason game differently. You definitely have to think about the fourth one a little differently. I mean, that might be the last time Jameis holds a football in a month. Um, but if you're going to play him, you can't play him behind a bunch of free agents that are going to get cut. You know, you're going to have to play him with other starters, and you don't want to play any other starters. You're going to go out there with Jameis Winston in the fourth preseason game, and uh, well, who's his left tackle? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how Ryan Griffin got hurt. He got hurt in Cincinnati playing behind a guy that was going to get cut, and a guy, you know, did a matador block on somebody, and he ended up spraining his shoulder. So, you know, you can't – are you going to expose Winston to that in the fourth, in, in the fourth preseason game? How are you going to work this? So it's going to be interesting. There, there, will be, there will be things that will affect them, but I don't know that it's all quite as dark and gloomy as, um, as maybe Tom thinks. But, hey, he could be right. Again, we'll have to see uh, what happens with the games. Okay, so, Steve, now you're my hockey guy. Last time we talked, TNN, uh, TSN anchor Sean Simpson said this uh, audible deal you know, for Eric Carlson with the Lightning was, was all but legal proof. Hedman and Carlson um, were the top pair here in Tampa Bay. Strawman and McDonough were the second pair. didn't matter who you put on the third pair because that's the best blue line in hockey. That's what I heard. You're and telling me it are. didn't happen? <laughs> no. I mean, what, what has happened to prevent this from happening? I've heard, I heard other reports that there was maybe a third team involved, like the Rangers, and perhaps Ryan Callahan was going back to them, and he expanded his no trade to 16 teams. Um, where do we, is this, this can't be good. If you're if you're a Lightning fan thinking this should happen, if it hasn't happened yet, right? Well, most of the reporting is saying, and granted, Sean Simpson reported it was a done deal pending a call, and that didn't happen, obviously. He apologized, by the way. Yeah, well, he said it's on him. I mean, he was told information. He reported it. It's on him, however it plays out. Many right. still think that it's the Lightning or Stars are going to get Carlson in a trade. The question is, is where's the holdup? Is it? Is it Ottawa's waiting for a better deal from one of them? Is it Carlson has permission now to talk with teams about an extension? Is that the holdup? Is you know True. negotiating True. an extension and and that's going back Sign and forth? And trade, is yeah. it the third team? Was there a third team involved with this that backed out or changed mind or wanted to? Re, you know, we don't know. You know, Iserman's camp has always been very tight lipped about anything. You never get much out of them as far yeah. as leaks and that and and so. I don't think it's a bad thing for the Lightning yet, but you know my bigger question is you know Thursday night when we're recording this, you know I started to get excited about those four top four in your blue line, even if you had to lose Sergachev for it. Not that you want to, but you got those four in your blue line for for years to come. Are you disappointed if they don't get them now? Yeah, I think you are as a Lightning fan because I like like to your point. I think people were already imagining him. I've seen people put him in blue jerseys on, on the internet. So he looked like a Lightning player to me. But um, could it be as simple as Ottawa's asking for too much in terms of the right names? Like, say they wanted Nikita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. You know, um, could they be asking for too many of their young 
core players. You know, Sergachev, I mean, I would think that they would consider that heavily. Yeah, I mean, the names you're kind of hearing were either Point or Sergachev, and I don't know if those were actually people reporting that those names are being discussed or people just speculating that if you're sure, Ottawa, sure. you would want one or both of them. You're not going to get both, I can't imagine. But right, And right. I, I can't imagine that in a deal for Carlson, you're giving up Point, period. No. Uh, Sergachev, maybe, only because right you're – Well, I, I agree, but – Well, I won't say for anybody. Well, not for anybody. You know, you're going to trade Connor McDavid here. I'll probably give up Braden Point, but – I understand, but not not straight up for Eric Carlson. Well, not for well it, for one year of Eric Carlson. Well, well, you're you're negotiating a long term deal with Carlson. If you're trading for Carlson, you're going to sign him long term. He has permission to negotiate with teams right now. Okay, Ottawa's okay. given him that permission. Of teams they're talking to, he can negotiate extensions. So would you would you trade Braden Point for Eric Carlson straight no. up? No. Well, straight up, no, probably yeah, one not. for one. Well, okay, I don't know. <laughs> See. <laughs> You're now Steve Eiserman. Like, put the pick the phone up, then you put it right back down again. <laughs> yeah, well, possibly. That's, I mean, that's you know, the problem. <laughs> I I don't see point going in a bigger deal with it, but if straight up, would I? I mean, maybe. Braden Point's got a ton of potential. He's a, he's a hell of a player, but Carlson's an elite defender. Mm-hmm. He's an elite defenseman. Yeah, Braden may become one, and he's you know. He's a hell of a player, and, and, you know, it's a guy you want on your team. He's the best all-around center on this team. For sure. But, I, you know, that's what, I don't think the Lightning want to part with him. No, I, I think they're willing to give up Sergachev if you're getting Carlson because you're getting another defenseman back that you're going to sign long-term. Yeah, that would make more sense to me is to give up, give up the young yeah. defenseman yeah. for one that's an all-star. And like I said, not that you want to give up Sergachev, but if you're going to give up one no. of those two. And granted, this is all speculation on these names might be involved. It may oh, be total. prospects and yeah. draft picks. It may not even be guys at the big league roster although right. you know tampa does at some point have to clear cap space in order to get carlson yeah well, i don't know that that's the problem necessarily but i mean look, well that's where the deals, third team i think comes in whether it's exactly you know if callahan guy, or tyler yeah. johnson or alex Kalorn yes. or somebody like that going to maybe a third team and, that ottawa doesn't want that it, and it's all about clearing cap space it's making the salaries work yeah creating cap space is an issue on this deal there's no question especially you're going to sign them to a multi-year deal um, but generally, when in, in most sports, I assume hockey is the same. When these things don't happen, they're they're big deals. Number one, so there's 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 two compensation issues. One is, can you reach the right compensation agreement with Carlson? That usually isn't as hard as you think, but they're big deals. You know, they're not they're not easy with a salary cap. And then the second thing is, and that's where your third team might come into play. And the second thing is, what's the compensation in terms of draft picks and or prospects? So it's always one or the other, you know what I mean, or mm-hmm. both. And my guess is, if I was just guessing, I would think that if Carlson was motivated to get a deal with Tampa, he would find one that would help them from a salary camp standpoint that he could live with that was market value. Um, I would think the bigger thing is what's the compensation Ottawa wants back. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, the reason it hasn't happened is they have not reached that agreement yet. That, it's either that, that or there's something like – a player involved now has a medical issue or something. You know, that hasn't Maybe, been reported, I but I mean, those kind of things can, can tie up a deal too where, okay. You have to have a physical. You yeah. know, yeah. And, and, you know, or maybe something, you know, this is, you know, I'm not saying this has happened, but those can tie up yeah. deals too where all of a sudden you think you got a deal, you're pretty close, and then, oh, there's a knee issue with this player or, you know, mm-hmm. something going on. Medical. It could yeah. be, you know, it could be Carlson has a medical issue. They want to. You know, get evaluated first too. Who knows? Further evaluated. You know, yeah, further. I mean, he was hurt last year. Some of it. So maybe, 
maybe some of this is waiting to make sure he's 100% or, you know, the Lightning may want to do some due diligence there. I don't, you know, that's pure speculation. It's not reporting. But those right. kind of things can tie up a deal as well. But generally, it's more the, the, the compensation of draft picks, prospects, players, et cetera. Getting, right. getting that math to work is a lot harder than getting signing Eric Carlson to a free agent deal. I mean, that happens. They pick up the phone. Carlson's agent says, this is what we're looking for. Eiserman basically says, we're kind of looking for this. Do we think we can meet in the middle? And then we'll work it out from there or no. I mean, that's kind of I – mean, it's oversimplified, but – Yeah, I was going to say. You got, or, look, you got a pretty good idea. If Eiserman, says, if Eiserman says, look, you're worth $7 million a year, and Carlson's going, I want $13 million a year, they're probably going, this ain't happening. Yeah, no, you know, you generally know when you, it's kind of like when you play poker and you go to a casino, and I don't do this ever, but if you, if you, if you go, there's, you know, there's the $500 table, there's the $1,000 hand table, there's your, you know, $100 hand table. And so, you know, when you sit down, if you're going to sit at that table, you kind of know what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're willing to sit at the table. They have a general idea. Yeah. Drew Doughty got what, eight years at $88 million. That's $11 million yeah. a year. You so got to assume Carlson wants around that. Now he's in that ballpark. You got yeah. the no state income tax in Florida. You've got oh sure, you know oh sure, a you lot of other things lot where lot things. you know okay mm -hmm. maybe I'll take eight or nine mil or ten mil instead. Sure, of and maybe he, maybe he likes to golf in January. You know, I mean, like I mean, there's well, he and all Victor Hedman are, are tight, and him and Victor Hedman are. They friends. went to yeah, Gasparilla so. dressed as pirates together during the All Star <laughs> Week. Maybe maybe he loves Gasparilla. I mean, these are all things that you have to consider. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, sitting down what, what that table costs, if you want to see that it, and clearly the lightning are willing to pay it. They have to figure out how to do that under a salary cap system and, and, and whether or not they can, they can uh, rid themselves of some of that. So that might be a, a dance partner that they're trying to find for a guy like Callahan or somebody else. So there's a lot of moving parts to this one and it hasn't happened yet. Um, but we'll follow it all, all week long as we will, of course, any news, on just the travesty that Blake Snell not making the all-star team is and whether or not that will be rectified before the week is over and whether or not the Rays will make a trade and maybe Wilson Ramos won't be the next position player in the all-star team for the Rays. Kevin Cash maybe. may be the only all-star representative. <laughs> he could be. You know what? They should count coaches. If you can't get a player, forget the player limit rule. Yeah, yeah. Take, you know, you know, so take Buckshaw Walter off the Orioles instead since they're 41 yeah. games below 500. That's a worthy choice. Sure. Make make sure that you have somebody in uniform that just that pick just pick can, the trainer of the you know, the, the worst team. catcher yeah. or yeah. the trainer or the announcer or maybe Andy Freed could call an inning or the something. bat boy. Just get the bat boy from that team. Yeah, just put somebody in an Orioles uniform. Whatever. <laughs> um, so we'll be following be following that as well as anything that uh, might crop up. God forbid. I don't hope it happens because I'm still sort of on vacation with the Buccaneers. I think most guys uh, will probably be filtering back, not next week, maybe next week, but probably the week after for sure. We are only a few weeks away. How about that? It is, what is we sit you know, here? like two weeks it's from training camp, really. July 9th. Yeah. And then the player, the rookies come in the week before training camp starts. They get four days of orientation. Isn't that like uh, the 21st then, or something they're coming in? Yeah, that's right. I'm trying or to something. remember. It's right around that time. So you're less than two yeah. weeks to that. Thanks for that, man. Boy, that Welcome sucks. back. Thanks. I think I'm going to go sit in the sun for a couple more days or something. I don't know. But I'm, I am back home. Hard to get, man. I'm telling you, the jet lag, folks, if you go far enough west, you will be staying up till 2 o'clock in the and morning. And for as long as you did, too. Oh, it's been rough. 
It's kind of nice on the weekends, though. My my uh, daughters have not been getting up before ten thirty. Tomorrow will be a shock, though. They're going to camp. Ooh. One of them has to get up at six thirty in the morning, and she is not going to be ready. I can assure you of that. Ooh. And neither will we. But it's been kind of nice on the weekends. They they're lounging around till ten o'clock in the in the morning. I'm like, this is great. Then trying to get them to bed before uh, before ten was tough as well. But anyway, listen. We appreciate you guys uh, listening to us and friends. If you didn't hear the beginning of this podcast. Go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds right now just because you listened to this podcast and made it to the end in case you missed the commercial at the beginning. If you go there to Continental Wholesale Diamonds and you spend a minimum of $2,000, that's it, $2,000, and they'll give you the best diamond you can find for your loved one, you also just throw in a free five-day, four-night cruise for two to the Caribbean on Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It includes your choice of cruise lines, and you get to also choose the destination. You can't beat that, but it's only for... Uh, the listener of this podcast, Sports Day Tampa Bay. As always, we love for your interaction. Um, we'll probably have a mailbag this week. I'm sure maybe Tom Jones, we can coerce him into joining us this week. And uh, we'll have lots of other uh, surprises. Mr. Stormcloud himself? Yes, yes. We'll have uh, we'll have the little black rain cloud uh, saunter into here one day. <laughs> and we'll try to squeeze a little positivity out of him if we can. He gets a bad rap by that, by the way. Um but we'll we'll have lots of things going on this week. And we appreciate you listening to us, as always. Uh, and we'll ask for your mailbag questions this week. You can send them to me anytime. It doesn't really matter, me or Steve. But you can send it to uh, reach us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. That's at SportsDayTB. You can also reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And uh, we'd love for you to, uh, to rate and review this podcast. If you don't know where this podcast is, then this can't be the first time you listen, but you can find it anywhere, and that's where they rate and review, right? Yeah, on iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Just hit the subscribe button. That way it comes to your mobile device or computer every day automatically, so you can listen whenever you like. And then hit likes on the post, or you can leave comments. That always helps us. Or tell a friend. That would help us even more. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Versnick. Have a great Monday, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>